You are currently listening to the Dark Match Podcast, but more importantly, you're listening to the voice of the first and only ever two-time Rookie of the Year, Jackson Argos. Yes, that's correct. You're listening to Jackson Argos, and I'm here to tell you that you need to go back. Go back in time. Go back in your search engine and type in J-A-X-O-N-A-R-G-O-S and listen to me talk even more because, yes, it's true. I was a guest on the Dark Match podcast, and it was the best episode you've ever heard. So when you're done following me on Instagram, following me on Twitter, go and take some time and listen to me talk. You will not regret a single second of it. You're now listening to the Dark Match Podcast. Let's go live into the studio for this week's episode. My back hurts. My back hurts. Well, your back hurts. My back really hurts. I don't think it's ever hurt this bad. Like, uh, Man, we're getting old, dude. It sucks. It really does. Yep. So, like, was at work, and I even, like, texted, like, my coworkers. Like, my first coworker just kind of looked at me. He's like, are you okay? And before he could even get out the words, are you okay, I was already motherfucking him. Because <laughs> apparently you lift a uh, crate that's 350 pounds. Apparently you lift on five. I don't know. Like, from what I was taught when I was, like, a kid, I was like, hey, one, two, two three. Three. And then you lift. No, he was like waiting for five. Well, what happened? I blew my back out. Like I literally just like in like a perch position. I'm just like, you motherfucker. Like I fucking hate. Like what the fuck? Like I don't even know what came out of my mouth. <laughs> like, it literally. Did it sound was, like you got kicked in the balls too? Oh, it, it absolutely <laughs> did. Like, it was the worst pain. Like, And it happened before I had to be at work too. And I felt so bad because, like, it's uh, it, it was these clients that like I, I've worked with like so much, like literally nonstop, like from sunrise to sunset. I was getting either a message, a text, an email, a revision, whatnot, of literally everything. Yep. I was like, oh my god, like, can we just, like, can you just understand that, like, can we just like go with the flow, like, see what happens, like, it, is that so hard to ask? Yes. Yes, it was for them, apparently. But literally went off without a hitch. Like, stood the whole time. I don't know how I did it. Um, got a pretty fat tip at the end of the night, too, which I was expecting. And, uh, yeah, the rest was history. Spent the next day, like, in agonizing pain. I, I like, invented, like, my own, like, DDP yoga type deal, like, for my <laughs> back. I was, like, laying down on the ground. Like, maybe this will help. And I'm, like, sitting there. I'm, like, you know what? Like, this is making you feel better. But, like, if I had windows that, like, people could see, like, the the thought process that they would have, like, what the f- what is this guy doing? <laughs> like, just literally just trying to make up anything. But it, it did give me an opportunity to catch up on a, a lot of wrestling. And just because I, I – obviously, we're, we're not going to talk about Sunday. We're – we're we're gonna have a Sunday free of NFL talk podcast today. Maybe I don't know. You you might have to Got listen it. to see if it gets brought up at all. I don't know. 
but you, you've come this far. But like, I, I turned on uh, NWA Power, yeah, uh, the first episode, which kudos to them. Uh, I it kind of brings me back to like my old school nostalgia of like growing up, like going through like the territories, like watching like the old school stuff at like my grandparents' house, yeah, like with my cousins, like the old NWA and Mid South Wrestling things like that, like the old uh, VHS tapes. And now we have it today, and they do it so well. It's so well produced. It's a very good quality. I love the studio atmosphere. I obviously in today's day and age, it's, like it's definitely like, yeah for us, it's definitely different. Yeah, we're not used to that kind of thing, and it is a different dynamic. It really is. And I'll be honest, I did catch episode two before I came over here today. Yeah, it's just as good as last week. Yeah, they they have a good product. Like when we went down to. NWA 70, like, it was a fantastic show. It wasn't what you would normally expect or, like, because you want, like, the, I, I guess you could say, like, you want the pyro. You want the yeah the energy. No, it no, was just. No, it is a legit old school feel. Yeah, it really was. Like, Billy Corgan is doing fantastic things with NWA. He's got great talent there. You may not have heard of everyone, but the most of the people that are there, like, they, they're putting on fantastic shows. And that match between Nick Aldis and Tim Storm last yeah. week was was fantastic. Dude, that was great. It was so great. And then this week, I haven't watched, so no spoilers, but like just positive reviews across the board with power. I know. I was going to start texting you some things. I'm like, well, I texted like you, you the one. Do. Well, yeah, because I texted you the one because I didn't know when you were going to catch it. So I'm like, hey, let's fill him in a little bit. I was, I was shocked that you did not uh, really spoil anything from last night. I was really surprised by that. I didn't. I, I didn't either. That's why I was like, I, I had other things. It's like I think I had it muted. I was doing other things. Like I could care less about the draft, dude. What I think we we'll talk about that on the backside. But dude. I think so too. Like I, I kind of just read up on it, and I'm just like, what the fuck? what a shit show. Like what are they thinking? Whatever. We'll talk about it on the backside. Yeah. But I no. mean, one thing that that is definitely for certain, AEW is is pumping on all cylinders. Yeah. Uh, the inner circle. Uh, I will say that sh- that shirt, man, does look pretty fucking awesome. It does, but like that promo that Jericho cut to, yeah, oh, fantastic. See, and the whole thing, I yeah, I loved his whole like his whole promo, like about killing we the people. It's like, yeah, but but honestly, do you understand that he still uses that in his MMA fighting, and he, he has he does. A, and he has a fight here in like. Two weeks, but he could come out with something else. He could come out with the inner circle shirt on, or that he that could have like a different persona. Who knows? But maybe it, it, I. I think it was great. Like you just look at like some of the other things that he he's and he used. reversed the list. He, he, he made the reverse, list a good thing, but like those are all ideas that he came up with. Oh yeah, like I at least I think I don't know if like someone else like came up to him like, hey man, you should really have a list like that should work. I don't know, but like he he did make it like a reverse list, so he's kind of like poking fun. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna steal like the idea, but I'm gonna make it my own. And then this whole like the pop that he got when he said a little bit of the bubbly. Oh yeah, like yeah, like that is his new money line. And and then like a day or two later that he posts on Instagram that he got a what the cases of bubbly water or whatever. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I mean, we should figure out something that we start saying on the show so we can get some free shit. 
That's what I think we should do. That should be uh, our dude, next we, play. Dude, we need to get the notepad going. Remember all, remember how we keep talking about like things we either need to come back to or all of our ideas that we need to remember? We just need a dry erase board. Yeah, so if like yeah, Etsy but wants ki- to sponsor us, I'm I'm down. Yeah, but your kids are going to like... Then no, I'll just put it up it. higher so they can't get to it. We'll put it on the ceiling. We'll put it on the ceiling so like when I recline <laughs> back when we're doing interviews... That's like, I, oh yeah! <laughs> it's like, I, I forget what movie it is, but like... Uh, one of the guys, like in his office, like on his ceiling, it was like a piece of paper that said, "You should be working," because like he would constantly like recline back and like stare at the ceiling. Yeah, and he would just look up, and it said, "Like, shouldn't you be working?" It's like, oh yeah, oh, like, that's smart. Yeah, so like maybe we should do that. Just like put a dry erase board on the ceiling and just take it from there. But I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to carry on too much longer. Dude, this interview, this interview, it, this individual. Obviously, everyone knows. Like Jimmy was the reason why I got so into IWC with everything with his match with DJ Z, which go figure was his last match before his return, which we we definitely touch on. But there is a little caveat to it, which you're going to have to wait until the end of the interview to find out. But I, I, I mean, I'm nuts to get this to get this interview started. I, I don't. Nuts. Yeah, just stupid nuts. Yeah, I, I'm absolutely nuts to get this interview started. So I don't want to wait any longer. Let's go nuts right now. Now, like I mentioned previously, this individual is the main reason why I got into IWC, why I started watching IWC, and most people that are probably listening to this episode right now is like, oh my god, Like, would he stop talking about IWC? No, because you need to start watching IWC like we've told you each and every episode. Hell yeah. Like, it, it, At this point, if you're not watching it, I don't understand what you're doing, but I, I wanted this individual on because there was this huge mystery. A, a huge mystery behind where is he, what's happened. He, he's in rehab, but you know what? It's been quite a few years. What's going on? Wh- what's going on in his life? And go figure, just recently, a major announcement was announced by none other than Justin Plummer, who said a major star was coming back to IWC. And we went through, we, we had a couple different names that we even threw out too, I mean, the the name Rhino came up, which obviously we weren't far off. Well, we we said Rhino. Um, I even we said, were just premature. Yeah, like I said, um, I said Ethan Page because and, uh, because Josh Alexander is a mainstay now. So we, we threw out a bunch of them, but go figure. The one name that we didn't mention is the individual that's on the line with us right now. Who, when his music hit, when I was watching. When I was watching it live on the IWC network, I literally went nuts because that was one entrance theme I never thought I'd hear again, it, it, unfortunately. 
But he's back. He's got one goal in mind, and that's obviously to reclaim his IWC Heavyweight Championship among uh, a little bit of revenge in between. but Just a little. Just a little. Just a little. Just the tip, I guess you just could say. Tip. Just, a, just a little tidbit of revenge on his mind. But I, I don't want to take anything away from him. He's a former IWC Tag Team Champion. He's a former IWC Heavyweight Champion among multiple different promotions, RWA, VOX. I mean, we can, at this point, they, they owe us sponsorship dollars for giving them shout-outs like this, but we got none other than Jimmy Nuts on the line. How are you doing today? What's up? How you guys doing? I'm doing uh, pretty good. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to shoot the shit and, uh, and uh, get down to business. Like, at this point, like, I think we've already premised quite a few questions, we're just as excited to have you on, but I, I think everyone else is just as excited to have you on to get a lot of their questions answered as well. And after a three-year hiatus, now it's not three months or, or six months. It's not like Edge at Wrestle at what was it Royal Rumble, where his music hits. It's like oh my god, we weren't expecting him back for another three months. No, th- this was a three-year hiatus. You come back in a blockbuster announcement. And the first person you go after is the one person that took you out after you had a unfortunate injury in a match with DJZ. You come out and you get right in the face of Dylan Bostic. But before we get into that, because that's just a little teaser, because there's a lot of things, a lot of things we're going to cover here today. And Dave, well, we're going to we're going to go deep in the chest. Yes, we're go- we're going to dig down deep, and we're going to uncover a lot of things about the real Jimmy Nuts, but. Before we get to all the juicy stuff, we get into where you've been, what has led you to your return, we want to peel the layers back and get to know a little bit more about yourself a little bit more. So first and foremost, Jimmy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, So I'm actually uh, from southwestern Pennsylvania, like right near West Virginia on the border near Morgantown. Uh, So I just kind of claim Morgantown because I spent almost all my free time there. And uh, yeah, I grew up in that area. Uh, went to Pittsburgh quite a bit for wrestling shows, IWC, WWE, uh, the whole shebang. So you you grew up around like the border of Pennsylvania and and West Virginia. Now we premised this before we started recording. Have you been a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan, or did you just <laughs> recently jump on the bandwagon? Oh no no no! I've been I've been with this. I've been dealing with this shit for years. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. To yeah, the- yeah, most of my uh, dad's side of the family uh, lived either in Cleveland or around Cleveland. So uh, it was something that uh, I connected with my dad, you know, when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, I remember I think my first football memory was him showing me the drive with John Elway oh. and being like, this is why we suck. Horse and uh, nothing, not shit's changed. <laughs> so. No, no. <laughs> Like I, I went to Bottlegate. If you remember that wonderful fiasco. Oh yeah, game. yeah, that was great. I, I was at the Dwayne Rudd helmet incident. Oh, dude, Jesus. that was my first game at the new stadium. Oh my god, I remember that. <laughs> we win the game, and he takes his fucking, fucking helmet, helmet off because the play's not over. Oh my god, I fucking remember idiot. that. Oh, I, I mean, there's so many dubious moments. Is there another franchise with as many? I, I really don't think there is. No. I don't think there how, is. Yeah, how many? Just even if you go by city, but what team has the this? the that the other thing yeah or city at that well yeah 
Because you look at just like you have the drive, you have Red Right 88. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to hold your hand because I know that this is a very touching moment for yeah. you. Red Right. Yeah, Red Right 88. Red the right drive, eight. the fumble, the shot. Fumble. The, yeah, the shot. The. the but what, what did they call? What did they call the the move? The decision. <laughs> the move. No, yeah, no, the move. The move. The, the decision. decision. But then there was those glorious <laughs> moments of the shot and the block, which was just yeah. So but glorious. at least we reclaimed the shot. Yes, we reclaimed the shot, Kyrie Irving. We, um, we added the block. Yes. And, and as I, what, I what was st- it, David Griffin? The D. Yeah, the D. <laughs> yeah. My God. But I, I can still to this day I can hear the announcer like announcing like that whole play down to that block, like I can recite it verbatim. But yeah, we we have been diehard uh, Cleveland Browns fans ourselves, so uh, uh, we we definitely feel your misery. So you, you grew up in, in rural, like in in Western Pennsylvania. You go up to to Pittsburgh to wrestling shows, IWC to WWE. Like how how old were you when you got this wrestling bug? Oh man, I think I was like six, seven years old, and I just remember like not knowing why I knew who Hulk Hogan was, but I knew that I wanted to watch him. <laughs> I just knew that he was the man. Like just in my subconscious, I guess it was programmed in me. And I remember being, you know, like Mom, I want to watch, and uh, she's like, Oh, your grandfather loves Hulk Hogan, so we synced it up, and I got to watch him wrestling, and uh, that was it. I think the first night. I watched wrestling, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was like WCW Uncensored 97, like the go home show right before that. And I think it was Macho Man versus Hogan. Wow. Possibly. And uh, yeah. And I remember that was it. I was sucked in and Hogan was a heel, but I I didn't care. I just wanted to cheer for Hulk Hogan because I knew my grandpa liked him now. And I was just totally sold. And it's weird because, you know, like a lot of times, like the younger audience will will really, you know, get behind who's good and who's bad. And, uh, you know, that that's kind of what we play to. But for me as a kid, I remember making up excuses for Hogan, like like when he when he was fighting Goldberg, you know, and like he's cheating. I'm like, well, it's only fair because he's so old. Like, (laughs) so like I was like naturally just like a chicken shit, I guess, uh, because I defended it. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of what got me into it, and I just loved it immediately. I loved the theatrics of it. I loved the athleticism. I remember the Booker T, Chris Benoit, Best of Seven series. My sister was a huge Booker T fan, and my uh, myself a Chris Benoit fan, even though I probably shouldn't say that nowadays. Why uh, not? But, you know, I, there's something that happened. I can't remember. but Not uh, in the ring, though. No, not in the ring. Uh, and I, and I, try to, uh, I try to forget <laughs> if I can. Uh, <laughs> But I remember that best of seven series, me and my sister like making bets, you know, that the silly stuff like that. So I got sucked in at, at a pretty young age. I was about six or seven years old then. And uh, I don't think I missed a nitro. I remember, you know, I had a curfew, so I would have to uh, videotape on a, I had two VCRs actually. So I would, I would tape brawl and nitro. And then I'd wake up early on Tuesday morning and I would watch both of them and on like 1.5 speed. Wow. And I, yeah, I had a bunch of like. I mean, I probably had every Nitro and Raw for like the first two years on a, v, a blank VHSs. Like, I had a, like a chest of them, and Jeez. unfortunately, they're all. I I don't even know where they are. I I'm sure I taped over them a lot. I used to tape myself playing WCW No Mercy, or I'm sorry, WWF No Mercy, and WCW NWO Revenge, and I would like tape the matches like of me playing. It was super weird, um, but I was all about recording 
recording anything wrestling related. Wait, so you're one of the wait, so you're one of the originators of of like the let's say Twitch or just recording yeah. yourself video gaming. You just stole yeah, my yeah. idea. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Like we would, uh, I had friends and we would videotape our matches that we would have. We would have like these epic, you know, like hell in the cells, and like we'd be like, dude, what do you see what I did to like mankind? And we would trade the tapes back and forth. And I'd literally go home and watch my friends like matches. So yeah, I guess it was like the you know the backwoods way of Twitch back in like '98. <laughs> Jimmy Nuts was the original ninja. <laughs> yeah i mean minus the yellow hair and flossing yeah i could probably get behind that. i wish i had that money that would be cool <laughs> that would be great that's like, true that, that 16 year old kid can look hey, at his that- mom like you think you're gonna make money like playing video games mom i just made 3.4 million dollars yeah that 3.4 million dollars yeah. video game money, yeah man. you're not gonna yeah, see I literally a dime of it <laughs> i literally just bought the house yeah you're out yeah like i just kicked you out like i own this place now like you can move out <laughs> It's like, who pays the mortgage now? Man, if Look I just here. had that foresight. Oh, I, I can't do it. Like, we were, I was actually talking to one of our friend's girlfriends yesterday, and, like, we were talking about video games, and she's like, well, what do you play? I'm like, I, I don't even own a gaming system. Like, I'm so Damn. terrible. Like, I got into it, I bought one, and then I had to give it away because I was like, I'm getting sucked in again. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a, it's definitely a trap. I think I've actually hit that point in life. Like I play mostly PC games as it is because a lot of my friends. I used to uh, work remotely, so I worked with people all over the country, and we worked on the computer, so it was pretty natural for me to want to play computer games over console. And uh, man, it feels like I'm kind of hitting that age. I always wondered like, why would anyone ever stop playing video games? And I think the last like two years, it's been like, oh, I see, <laughs> because you take genuine interest in other things, and time is short, and Whatnot. I definitely definitely resubbed to WoW uh, World of Warcraft Classic because I'm a nerd. Uh, big shocker. Uh, but man, all my friends quit. Yeah, all my friends quit. What? And now I'm like the lone nerd on WoW just rolling around making wrestling references in chat. No one understands. So. <laughs> I, it is what it is. <laughs> well, that's what I used to do. Like whenever my friends, they were really into like the Call of Duty. And oh, yeah. They Call would of just... Duty Halo. No, it was it was only Call of Duty, and like I, I know I've premised this story before. Like we would uh, at the old house I used to live at, um, we were a bunch of AV nerds. So um, and, and like not taking any away from your nerddom or anything like that, but <laughs> what we would do is we would hook up. Uh, we had Bose si- like uh, sound systems that were used for like concerts. Well, we would hook them up into the TV and we would play Call of Duty. Oh and man. Oh, yeah, it sounded like a fucking war zone in our house. So for the first, like, and I only lived there for, like, nine months. Like, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I, like, moved out, like, the first opportunity I had. But, like, I would have, like, these, like, epic, vivid dreams. I was, like, in a war zone. Like, just because, like, the whole house would just shake. And we worked nights. Like, we worked bar shift. So we'd come home at 3 o'clock in the morning and they would jump on Call of Duty and just play until, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. So I- I'd come home from work. I'd just go right to bed. Like, I was exhausted. I had no interest in playing. But one night I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of on, like, a high right now. Like, I like it was a good night of work or something. They threw the headset on me and just had me talking shit to people. <laughs> so, like, there were, like, these little kids that I'm just, like, I- I'm bad-mouthing, like, all over the world, and I'm just talking shit to them, and then that's how I got pulled into it. I couldn't play 
for for shit. Yeah, make sure you mention that you weren't actually playing. You they were don't just need to the know guy that. talking shit. No, I was just the guy <laughs> talking shit. I was just the guy cutting promos on people. Like as That's an important skill. It is. So I they just handed me the microphone and I was the mouthpiece. So I was kind of like his advocate and, and he Aww. would do the ass kicking. I was like the Paul Heyman. I mean, I got the hairline for it pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like I I was really big in the COD four and then Modern Warfare two, and I I was working like when I got out of high school, I was working night shift at a truck stop, which was as entertaining as you would imagine. And uh, <laughs> I would get off at like seven a.m. and if I had the next day off, I would literally just slam a Red Bull and then just play Modern Warfare for like legitimately twelve to thirteen hours straight. My God, <laughs> Jesus! Yeah, I was I was a savage back then. Now if I I can't play a game for like more than two hours. It feels anymore. I can't even drink a Red Bull anymore, <laughs> dude. Right? Yeah, you gotta like, watch out for those, those stomach issues. Well, like I just feel like my heart's gonna explode out of my chest. Like I used to drink them religiously. I know it's like, dude, I'd have like a monster now. I'd be like, oh my god, what the hell? Like for yeah. the longest time, they I'm, make me feel weird, man. I don't. Yeah. I, don't I, don't, I actually don't really like energy drinks that much anymore. Me either. Like I used to live on Monster, dude. That's like, how I'd get myself dude. going in the morning. Like I, that's how I used to be. Now I'm like I, I'm on the full coffee binge. But yeah, if I just do black coffee and I just drink way too much, yeah, <laughs> like way too much coffee or like alcohol. Oh, coffee, coffee. No, oh. I barely, I barely drink alcohol. Okay, um, you were like I, I drink like... way too much. I was like, wait, what? We're we're getting no, like... no. I'm a lightweight. <laughs> like if I, uh, I, you know, I if I drink and then I get drunk and it's guaranteed one, I'm gonna have a hangover and then I feel useless for like one to two days after. And Same. with how busy I am, I just can't have that. So I don't, I don't get to drink very often. Yeah, like if I drink like excessively, like I'm done for like two, three days. Like I don't feel right. I can't drink to excess anymore. Oh, I can't God, do it. No. Yeah, the only uh, person I'll drink with is Jack Ball. Oh man, I, I <laughs> the one night that we were at uh we were at the after party. I mean, geez, just watching those people drink, like, oh my God, I man, I felt party I felt them. so weird being like one of the like only so we were we were the only sober, sober ones in the entire bar. Yeah, we had to drive back. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I need to be sober enough because like. I, I was watching I was watching Stranger Things. Yeah, I'm the one driving and Pat's watching Stranger Things. Yes. <laughs> Worst of all is I had my kid's birthday party the next morning. Like my yeah, wife's telling did. me, like Thanks. she's like, You're going to get up at eight o'clock. We're getting in the car in Pittsburgh at three o'clock, o'clock in, in the, the morning, morning to drive oh. back to Cleveland. Yeah, I think I dropped them off about five. I think just about five. I crashed in my bed by five fifteen. <laughs> you text me at like four forty the next day. Like I just woke up. No, like, it was two I, o'clock. I will say it was only two o'clock. <laughs> it was only okay. It was only two o'clock. Because like, I had to be at my dude. You. I had to be at my parents' house for a birthday dinner for my mom. Oh man, all the birthdays. Yeah. All the birthdays that day. All so. The yeah, I, I can't do like I, I I just drink coffee. Like we when I lived in the what, what I would call in uh, Vietnam of my old uh, my old hostel. I mean, mind you, we, we set up this house with like all these Bose systems like hooked up into the TV. But there were also thirteen people living in a three bedroom house. Like it was literally Damn. a hostel. I did not. I kind of forgot about that part. Yeah, there was thirteen AB people. Frat house. Oh, oh god, it was terrible. <laughs> There, there was real quick. So, like in the main master bedroom was like the actual like owner of the place. Then I had a bedroom. Then another person had a bedroom. Then the living room downstairs. There were two people on the couch. There were two people on the recliner, and then there was uh, a couple, like a a boyfriend and girlfriend, that were sleeping on a inflatable mattress. 
uh, in the middle of the living room. In the basement, there was uh, our good friend who you you know. Um, And then there was someone else that also lived in the basement. And then there was someone that actually had an inflatable mattress in the laundry room. And that's everyone. A lot of inflation. A lot of inflation, (laughs) yes. And no one fucking paid rent either. Oh, like, no wonder you only it was last, just the, no the wonder you only lasted nine charged months. Were the ones with the rooms? Oh. I would, like every single time that someone else would come in there, like and move in, I'd be like, "Cool." Does that mean that my rent goes down? They're like, "No." He's like, "Man, they're having a rough time." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm having a rough time too." He's like, "Well, you have a room." I'm like, "Yeah, but I got like twelve freaking strangers. I can just walk into my room at any time." Like, yeah, like bring my freaking rent down. But anyway. yeah, be a no go, no go for me. Oh, I moved out. Like I moved out. Yeah. Like unfortunately. uh like I, I just like found the first place I possibly could, and it, it was nice too. It was like I only paid like it was like a one bedroom. I only paid like three seventy five a month for it, and it was nice. It was in a decent neighborhood too. Oh man, that's that. Those times are gone. No, <laughs> those, no. those prices are gone. <laughs> now I have a four bedroom house that my kids destroy on a daily basis. So good <laughs> times, good times. So uh, you you grew up. You you loved wrestling. You you recorded yourself playing video games. You recorded yourself playing WWE No Mercy. Now, I have to ask, obviously, with with WCW NWO Revenge and WWF No Mercy, who were your go to characters? Well, I I've always wanted to play Hogan, but his moveset was like really boring on the game, so oh, yeah. I didn't dig it. So on No Mercy, it was one hundred percent of the time uh, Benoit. Uh, and you know who my most hated character was on that goddamn game was Eddie Guerrero in the career mode. You had to fight him for like, uh, it was like a storyline with China yeah. within the game. And he was so hard to beat and I hated it so much. Like I literally disliked Eddie Guerrero in real life because of the video game. Like I had a grudge against him from it. Obviously, I was a kid. Um, I felt the same but... way about Madden '99 with the Tennessee Titans, and then I just learned to love them. Oh, dude, yeah, I, I definitely base a lot of my real life animosity off of video games. Like I used to do fantasy drafts and NBA games, and if a guy underperformed, they're like, "Well, he's a piece of shit." Like I hate Kyle Korver. Absolutely hate Kyle Korver. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, No Mercy was was the worst to beat. Uh, definitely played Benoit all the time. In Revenge, I I think I played Glacier because they made his kicking animations like really brutal. Like he would just sleep people. Like it was like no weight division UFC like from two thousand three. It was great. Oh yeah. So I played Glacier all the time. You want to hear something really depressing? <sighs> I knew yes. this was coming. Of course it was. Dave has never played WCW NWO Revenge. That's the best wrestling game in my opinion because it had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it had all the Japanese wrestlers as well. Like it was, it was a really vast wrestling game for like being a mainstream game release. My go-to character in that game all the time. Well, I had two actually. Was I always played with Raven? Raven was like absolutely awesome in that game, and then yeah. Conan. Oh God! You remember Conan's taunt? It was yes. like super ridiculous. Oh yeah, like he would just taunt. <laughs> like I would just literally throw people to the outside, and I would just taunt like the whole time. That, that's how, <laughs> yeah, that's how you get a like a Raven. special. Like they they would call it like a special. Like they wouldn't even call it like a finisher. They would call it like the special. Oh Jesus! Like where you yeah, you remember special. Flair's special? It was uh-huh. uh, his special was him doing the flare flop and yeah. then like poking you in the eyes. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> I need to play that game. We we need to do that. What that's what you should do. 
You should we get need it. to find. We need to find the game. We need to get me the game, and then I do have multiple N sixty four controllers. That, oh, there's definitely that, some emulators out there. That's definitely not where I was going. What you need oh. to do is you need to record yourself playing so you can send it to Jimmy so that way he can watch you and critique you. <laughs> that's what you really need to do. No, see, no, what we're going to do is we're going to do it while both of you and I play. That's what we and should that's do. that's where we start the Patreon. <laughs> we're back to Patreon now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, can't we just focus on, like, our tasks at hand, like playing the game not. first and foremost? No. Like I, I I haven't picked up an N sixty four controller and I can't tell you how long. Yeah, it's been a while for me oh, though man. too. The best controller ever made. I, I agree, oh. and some of the best games too. I do. Oh, dude, my N sixty four got so much play time that 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 was like part of my childhood for sure. And the best wrestling games. I mean, really, the best. What What were your other go to games? Goldeneye, definitely Goldeneye and yes. Donkey Kong sixty four. Oh, yes. I have both of those. Dude, Donkey Kong 64 with the yellow cartridge was yes. way too tough. It yeah. was. That I'm, was the shit. I, I'm gonna throw you. Uh, I'm gonna throw you a surprise here. My go-to game. Uh huh. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I have that. I I think Love I have Pro it. Skater two. E- even the uh, like the worst is like you would restart the game. I don't know if anyone else did this, but comment on this interview if you did too. I would restart a level just to get a different song. Almost every <laughs> single time. Like, but it had the coolest soundtrack to Dude, the Tony Hawk game. series in general. Had the best soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Like, I still have a, like even on like my Spotify today. Like, I still have like some of those songs from it. Dude, once in a while I get jonesing for like what? What do they call it? Like punk ska or whatever. Yeah, pretty like much Goldfinger. Yeah, like Zebrahead. Yes. Oh my god, I'm going back to like my high my high school like angst stage. Like, I think with, I know how it, we're ending this episode. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not ending it with the. Although his entrance music is pretty cool, I mean we yeah. we listened to it before the episode. Yeah, and, that's uh, true. And everyone kind of heard it before the uh, the interview started, so that, that was definitely not a one cool uh, cool little side note here. And correct me if I'm wrong. Now, besides the song that we played when this interview started, uh, one Jimmy Nuts used to come out to a very popular song from a uh, movie by the name of Euro Trip. Have you seen that? Movie? I have not seen Euro Trip. Fuck it, dude. I've you. seen, dude. Fuck. I have seen Road Trip. Euro Trip just sounds like it's. Have you ever heard cousin. this? Have you ever heard of the song Scotty doesn't know? Yes. Okay, then that's the only part of Euro Trip that is actually worth mentioning, anyway. But and it's a great song. It is it a really great is. song. <laughs> it is a great song. Yeah, it's a great song. So, if you could play Revenge today, Dave, who thinking back to like the. Like oh dear ninety nine two thousands WCW who would be your go to person in that game who would be the first person that you would pick it, right now insert Jeopardy theme while yeah. I try to figure this out do you really need that much time to think like you I can't really ju- there's yeah, only one right answer there's only one there's only one and it's not Goldberg and it's not and it's not the giant before he was the big show. There's only one answer that I will accept here, and if you don't say it, I'm going to be extremely upset. Alex Trebek is literally like wanting to like drop kick you in the face right now because you've already like over over went. All right, time. then what? Then what is the correct answer? Okay, on the count of three, me and Jimmy will give it a go. One, <laughs> two, three. Kevin Nash. Reese. What? <laughs> Reese. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, Reese. Do you remember Reese? Yes. 
I did not see you going there. Oh man. No, I didn't man. know there was pieces, man. Oh my god. Jeez. Yeah, you had to play the flock members. You had to play yes. Kidman, Sick Boy, you know, you had to you had to do Van Hammer. Yeah. Oh man. Dude, but, Reese was so fucking rotten. I loved him. I I, I loved the parka. I would always, oh, I would the always chair dance. Yeah, the chair dance, and then like whenever you'd go out to the crowd, you could always just ask someone to hand you a chair, and it was yep. the only character that had that feature. It was unlimited chairs. It was so <laughs> ridiculous. You could just walk over to the crowd, just grab a chair. It didn't even matter. Like they never ran out of them. It was amazing, Dave. Like you're, you're still speechless over here. Come on, give me an answer, Scott no. Hall. Lex Luger? Scott Hall was a good character, by the He way. was. Scott Hall was fantastic. The Razor's I'd, I'd really have to just Ray see Mysterio? everybody else. I'd have to see Chris everybody Jericho? else inside game. Chris Jericho? Jericho is very good. That that was one thing that upset me. Correct me if I'm wrong. WWF No Mercy did not have Chris Jericho. You know what? No, it did, I'm pretty sure. Did it? I don't think it did. You know, but I, I, have, I, so, so, I actually played that game literally until probably about 2009. But I had a uh, Game Shark, and there were so many different codes you could put in that I don't remember what the base game was. But I had Elimination Chamber in WWF No Mercy. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Yeah, like, dude, like that modding community was alive and well for a very long time. That's true. Yeah, if you look, you can find screenshots. They had the Elimination Chamber fully decked out. It was dope. My God, we got to go back. They had Inferno matches. Dude, I bet I bet you until recently, I bet you there were still mods being made with updated rosters. If, if not still, like people go crazy for that game. I mean, it, it's only a matter of time because there, there's so many, especially with the introduction of like up, up, down, down, like these mm-hmm. old school wrestling games are just going to come back and literally just make a resurgence. And the mod community is just going to go out uh, in full force. And Dude, I, I mean, think of all the PS1 games or PS, even PS2, like Know Your Role and uh, Here Comes the Pain. I mean, those are two of the greatest yes. wrestling games. I mean, you could probably make an argument for those being the best wrestling games of all time. But for me, like the grittiness of the N64, like it was yeah. way ahead of its time, way yeah. ahead of its time. And then GoldenEye still considered one of the greatest video games oh, of all dude. time. I heard there was yeah. rumors that they were actually. No, it's not a rumor. They They did. They are redoing it. Yeah, they're redoing it, and oh, it looks yeah. sick. Like the graphics from it just look absolutely insane. How, how they haven't put that on like PS4? I, I think it's available. I don't think it's on PS4. I think it's available on Xbox Live. Oh fuck that noise! I know. That's I know. awesome. Well, you, you, you got to. Exp- but... I don't. I don't that, have anything. But I know. I'm. I'm all my, about the my cable service is PlayStation View. You're welcome. Thank you. How is that, by the way? I, I love really good. I love it. I'm hey, having I haven't an issue. had cable in like 10 years. Yeah, I, I, I had to kick it. I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, it was getting it was getting too expensive, so I went to The View and gave Pat my login. You're welcome. Thank you. That, nice. Like, I, it's so easy to, to use. You, you can but there's just so many, and we can split it, too. <laughs> you can create a, like, a profile for him. Get, let him give a shot for like a month, and then if he likes it, he, he gets HBO. He gets all of his favorite channels. I thought this was like the rent in the big house. I thought I'd just get to move in on the inflatable <laughs> cable box. We didn't even have cable. We let <laughs> someone move in that worked for the cable company, and he like jerry-rigged it. Like oh, underneath. man. Yeah, it was really bad. Like there was uh, a good friend to have, though. <laughs> oh, true. like he would just go through. He um, he went. Skinamax. 
Yeah, like free Skinamax. Like we had, yeah, it was just everyone had like digital cable and everything like that. Like, no, we still had like the wired like cable to like all of our TVs, and that's literally what we had. We only had basic awesome. cable, no DVR or anything like that. Nothing exciting. So, dude, think about having to go back without DVR now, man. I don't know if I could do it. I, I, I'm never home for anything I want to watch. I wouldn't have a life. Like, Imagine you, sitting through commercials. I, I have to today. I, I, I do not. I, I like if something has a commercial, I just turn it off. <laughs> I'm such an <laughs> asshole. I, I just will not do it. So, if it's not sports, I turn it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm real big on that. Like any uh, any of the stuff I produce, like web application wise or website wise, I like refuse to put AdSense on it for Google. Like I, I absolutely hate ads so much uh, on anything: browsing, phone, email, doesn't matter. TV, hate it. Hate it. Hate it, hate it hate I, I, I do it. voiceovers for like commercials and stuff like that. <laughs> so, oh, do you really? Yeah, I do. Oh, that's really so cool. I, I've done a couple, like, uh, just local stuff, but, like, I, I've lent out my voice to a couple different, uh, wh- which people are probably like, wow, who wants your voice? But Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing, because this what? is the first time I'm hearing about this. I did the, um, <laughs> I, I did a local bar in the area, uh, would what? be one that you've heard about. What What do you mean, it, the one that doesn't exist anymore? No. Oh. No, it's still open. Oh. I'll tell you off the <laughs> he air. He shut oh. it down. Yeah, he shut me down like that. Do you think that bar that you're referring to, do you think they could afford a fucking radio advertisement? <laughs> That's true. They couldn't afford I never it. paid for a drink in that place ever. <laughs> and no one... Yeah, do you no, think they... No wonder they couldn't stay open. Yeah, no wonder. There, there was... Funny Thank you, story, by the way. <laughs> funny story before we move on. There was one time my wife and I went to the bar. We had $4 to our name. Literally. $4 and we went to the bar. That was it. We came home pissed drunk with Taco Bell and $8 in our pocket. (laughs) How? I have no idea. It's still a mystery to this day. It was your wife, I'm assuming. Sometimes sometimes you just find a way, man. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) My wife did some very questionable things. I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. Hey, man, I remember those days where all of a sudden you and I were going out on Sunday. It's like, and we're at the bar, and hey, everything's free. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Those were great times. Those were the days. Oh, man. I just remember I would open up the bar, and I would close the bar. Not my proudest moments in life. There you go. So, and being 21 again, I uh, even thinking about that right now, I just want to vomit. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I, I feel hungover <laughs> right now, and I'm just thinking about it. But kind of taking a couple steps back into it. <laughs> Probably a few. Wow. Like, I, I Where think, have we gone the last 20 minutes? <laughs> well, I, I, would, I would reference a commercial, but um, he doesn't like commercials. <laughs> so taking a hop, skip, and a jump back. Snap, crackle, pop. Snap, crackle, pop. Yep. We we could just do that. We can just reference uh, old commercials that he hates, or or just commercials. In no, we general. want him to stay on the phone. We do uh, like but... a rock. I can name a few. Uh, like a rock. Is that... yeah. Remember the old like a rock Chevy commercial? I think it was Chevy. Oh, yes. Oh my God, I hate uh, it was that. not Chevy. Uh, it was Ford. Was it Ford? Was it yeah. Ford? It was Ford. Yes, man, it was Ford. Ford like a rock. Yeah. yeah. Fuck Ford. Yeah. Chevy Bowtie <laughs> all the way, my friend. Uh, Mazda. Fuck you. Um, Honda Whatever too. Whatever gets me there. Yeah, <laughs> whatever turns on at this point. Yeah, really. Yeah, whatever gets me from point A to point B. I don't even care what it is, but... Coors. Nah. The Coors. Ban- the banquet beer. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I, I remember that. Now it's just a silver bullet. So we're, we're trying to transition here, man. Like, we're going off the rails quick, and the silver bullet's flying right past us. He's like, you guys are too drunk to jump on this train. 
I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ricky Bobby. So uh, you grow up, you're, you're playing video games, you, you love wrestling, your, your grandfather is a huge Hulk Hogan fan, uh, you get brought into the nostalgia of professional wrestling, but one thing that that still kind of jumps out to us is uh, you, and you've used the term, so I feel comfortable saying it, uh, you don't really come off as like the, the pro wrestling fan that would go on to become a wrestler because, yeah, you are kind of a bit of a nerd. Uh, it, you do enjoy World of Warcraft. You you love coding and uh, and the mod community, video games. Um, you're a huge Harry Potter fan too, so it really doesn't scream out, hey, bodybuilder professional wrestler, but here we are with Jimmy Nuts. So... What was that moment like when you just decided, hey, you know what? I really want to be a professional wrestler. What was that aha moment like? Well, like anything I do, I do. I always do everything 100%. Like I'm not uh, a half in, half out kind of guy, um, which I can I can say that's sort of a bad thing uh, because I also um, I strive to be the best in everything I do. So whenever I'm not the best, I get extremely aggravated. Um, and that was it. Like I, I was so focused on wrestling and like writing storylines and stuff and notebooks. And it was all I ever thought about. I mean, I literally would be like obsessed with it um, to the point where like I would record like action figure matches I had, you know, <laughs> and, and I kept title histories and all this crazy stuff. And uh, I just I don't know. I just knew that's what I wanted to do in some shape or form um, in any capacity that I could. And uh, I have a backyard wrestling federation with my friends in middle school and high school. And I remember we put on a live show and we had like, I think it was like 90 people showed up. Yeah, it was crazy. Right. So like we legitimately ran and like we organized it all. And my friend's parents were kind enough to let us have it at their house, which is probably a huge insurance issue. Um, But we built this makeshift ring and we threw the show and we were all like, I think I was 15 or 16 at the time. And, I don't know. It was just like really cool to have all these people show up and know that like we organized the event like to, to like you can't not be passionate about something and, and be that organized at that age. Right. So it was the idea of like creating something and seeing it all come together that like set off those like fireworks in my brain. Like, OK, yep, this is what I want to do. This is what makes me feel fulfilled. Like I did really well in school. But I never got hyped about like an A, right? I never got hyped about getting a good grade on a paper or getting put into a higher level class or anything like that. What got me really hyped, though, was like getting reactions out of people for things. And and we did other stuff, too. Like my group of friends, we would make videos. Uh, we were the jackass generation, right? So we were always doing shock value stuff. We would make fake documentaries, like mockumentaries about like, you know, a backwoods family that devoted their life to rock skipping and all this kind of crazy <laughs> weird shit. Yeah. And we would play like extreme cops and robbers and film it and make it like an episode of cops. And we always <laughs> took TV workshops super serious. And I don't know. I just always enjoyed like watching people like digest my content, like and seeing them react in a positive or negative way, either way. Like it, it was just appeasing to me to get feedback and to, to entertain people or to offend them. So I knew that that was probably the avenue I wanted to go down. And, uh, yeah, and I just jumped at the first opportunity I had, and uh, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, like with the way, especially then the way I looked. I grew up and I was pretty overweight most of my life, 
And then I lost about a hundred pounds and then I was super skinny. So it was like, okay, I was a, you know, what people call like a fat nerd. <laughs> and then I just became a pencil neck nerd. And so ne- it never made sense for me to go into wrestling. And that's where everyone always, you know, my mom or my dad or anybody like, you know, you're going to get hurt. Like you're, you weigh nothing, not a good idea, yada, yada, yada. But like, I never saw myself as a 135 pound kid because in my head I was something much bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just, and, and essentially after I got into wrestling and I realized, you know, there are certain requirements of being in shape and stuff like that. Someone told me, told me, you know, here's what you need to do. You need to, you need to look good. So you need to work out right. You need to eat well. And uh, like anything else, I just go hundred percent into it. And then I fell in love with that aspect of it too. Like fitness became obviously losing hundred pounds changes your mind, right? Like changes your, your complete personality. And it was such a positive impact on my life in more than one way that like, I just wanted more of that. So I was like, okay, I've been overweight. Now I've been skinny. Like what happens if I get in shape? Like what if I get some muscle on me? You know, it's only going to benefit me for wrestling. And obviously I think it's going to benefit me personally. So I kind of just fell in love with that, like on the side, like even though it was for wrestling, it started out for wrestling. I just ended up loving it. So like that was almost like a a separate passion that just so happened to coincide with wrestling. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned how you were making like these like weird cops and robbers videos and stuff like that yeah yeah i have to ask have you ever seen the movie run ronnie run i have not but i will put it on my watch list is it on netflix it it is not on netflix it's very (laughs) difficult to find Uh, i had a feeling it's it's an unusual one um do you watch um cur um curb your enthusiasm no it not curb your enthusiasm um god what is the what is the name of that show? Um, Trailer um, Park Boys? No, that fantastic show, by the way. Um, but uh, it was on Showtime. Uh, no, it was on HBO. Was it? Your Entourage? No, God. That <laughs> show was Six terrible. Feet Under? No. Um, it has uh, Michael Sarah on it. Um, Arrested Development. Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was oh, on Arrested Fox. Arrested Development's fantastic. That was on Fox. Thank you. Yeah, but Fox, that, and then they went to Netflix. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Netflix picked it up. Yeah. Yep. I, I was thinking of Curb Your Enthusiasm the whole time. Um, so Arrested Development. Um, David um, David Cook, I think his name is. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, Are you talking the actual actor's name? Yes. Was he on, was he on that? David Cook. He's um, he was in Scary Movie Two. He was the guy in the wheelchair. You know oh, oh no! Uh, um, um, ah, shit! He's like one of my favorite comedians. Actually, he does really good stand up. He doesn't do it yes. that often. Yeah, it, it is. I think it is David Cook. Actually, here let me look it up real quick because he wrote a book. Yeah, um, he did a movie. It was like it's like a parody. It it's called Run Ronnie Run, and it's go figure this guy that does infomercials, and he is a failing like a, a failing um, like idealist. Where he has all these weird concepts that are just absolute dog shit, and, <laughs> like the, the, David Cross. David, David Cross. Cross. Thank yeah, you. he plays Tobias. Yeah, yes. dude, that guy is so funny. Well, he does this movie where, um, so the guy, like this other character, he like has horrible ideas. Well, like the show, like the movie, kind of starts off like showing this guy like he's trying to sell this food eliminator. And he's doing this infomercial, and like it's like a blender to like get rid of unwanted food and stuff like that. 
Well, he's showing it on the infomercial. Well, then the thing breaks, the blade flies out, and it ends up stabbing the host. And, <laughs> and like they're going through, like trying to like edit out. And he's like, "No, can you like edit out the part where the blade flies out and kills her? Because I think that's going to be bad for sales." He goes, "Yeah, I hope so." Well, then, like <laughs> when they're trying to like edit it out, next thing you know, like they're like, "Hey, we have this thing from like uh, from Ronnie." He he got arrested again. Well, this show like he becomes like this famous character on Cops because he constantly gets arrested, and just like the craziest stories you'd ever seen, like uh, like chase scenes, like they have a champ from uh from Anchorman, isn't it? David Keckner. Thank you. Yeah, and Bob Odenberg, uh, Kirk's in it apparently, uh, or he? No, I'm sorry, he was. Yeah, he's in it, and he was a writer who is Saul from Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Yep. So wow. Yeah, so um yeah, like the movie it, it's it's dark, it's weird. It's like got a couple funny parts in it. Um but the whole concept of like just creating a show based on one person getting arrested in all these different cities. Like it's kind of what like your story like a, just like a funny like cops and robbers. Like, I don't know why it made me think of Run, Ronnie, Run. Well, I'm definitely going to watch it because I'm a huge David Cross fan and a huge uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk fan. So, Well, th- there's someone it. else that's in it that I know Dave will watch it because of this. Uh, do you remember, uh, what's his, Jay Moore's wife, Nikki Cox? I have no idea who you're talking about. Wow. Okay. Never mind. Do you ever watch uh, Las Vegas? You didn't ever watch I anything. Not. I don't know why I, I talked to you. You need to educate yourself with with cinema. Which movie are who? What? Nikki Cox. I'll have to look it up. You're going to have to look it up. So in the meantime, kind of moving on from there, where did you end up going to get your training? Because you said, uh, why not just give this 100%? And that's what you did. Where did you end up going? And how did you kind of uh, find that school? Well, I definitely, if I could redo it, I definitely uh, probably would have, you know, went to maybe uh, Landstorm School or something. But money was not uh, not a thing that I had uh, and also had little means of transportation. Also didn't know what the right way to go about it was. But I ended up at a little place called uh, CPW down in Kaiser, West Virginia. And I was trained by uh, Shane Shadows. And uh, he wrestled in the Maryland, West Virginia area, uh, area. you know, um, local guy. Learned how to bump, learned how to, you know, do a wrist lock properly, um, learned a little bit about ring psychology, really rough, you know, and then uh, started doing some squash matches down there. And then maybe like a year later is whenever I ended up in Pittsburgh. Um, a lot of people think I was trained by Ryan Mitchell, uh, which isn't true. He definitely helped me with like the finer tuning of things, like putting matches together and such. But I, I met him at RWA. And he essentially did a like a day in the ring with me to see if I was like, you know, legit or if I had just made up this whole past because who would have heard any, you know, who would have heard of a CPW in Kaiser, West Virginia. Right. And I was trying to get on the RWA show. And uh, basically, after like four or five hours in the ring with him, he gave me a thumbs up and was like, hey, like, let's keep doing this. You know, there was a couple of the people who he was training at the time. He's like, I'd like you to keep coming and we'll get you on the show and, you know, I'll, I'll try to make you better. And he did. And uh I know a lot of people have different opinions about that guy, but he uh, he was always good to me, uh, so I don't have anything to say bad about him. And uh, he, he helped me get a lot of my opportunities. So I started, like I said, in Kaiser, West Virginia, very small fire hall. 
And uh, then about a year later was doing a little bit more fine tuning with Ryan Mitchell. And then I did a lot of my sharpening and polishing at the ring of honor dojo uh, through um, their weekly classes that they have. But also I did a couple seminars there and I really felt like that's what kind of put it together. Um, learned a lot of stuff from delirious and brutal Bob. And those guys kind of helped me, I think put me to that next level where I started to kind of get recognition on shows um, and it definitely got me more bookings. So it was kind of a, you know, it's, it's a process. Everything's a process. Like you never stop learning anything in life, at least anything that you take serious. So, uh, you know, of course, initially I was trained in West Virginia, um, but it, it just kept going from there. So you never stop learning. And I'm sure. Yeah, no, if, if you do, then you should quit uh, because you're, it's over. <laughs> yeah. It's like people constantly say, like, oh, well, I can't learn anything else. Like, or are kind of going back to a previous conversation that we had last week. Like, people that just say, oh, I know. I know. Like, that's my least favorite sentence. Not rehashing what we talked about previously, but that's like yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's one sentence. That, that's one response that I hate more than anything. It's, oh, I know. It's like, okay, well, I'm telling you because obviously. You weren't doing it that way, and I think it would be better for yourself if you did it this way. Oh, well, I know. Okay, then why are you doing it wrong? <laughs> yeah. Like, then yeah, why am I telling you if you know everything? There's there's a, there's a problem with some people that definitely they're not willing to accept that they're not the smartest person in the room or, or – you know, it's it's like that inability to, uh, or maybe the the uh, the need to not look vulnerable at any moments. Uh, yeah, I think that probably is where it stems from. Usually, it's a kind of a strong personality trait in people. But I've always been inherently curious, and I've always been willing to uh, accept that I'm not the smartest person in the room on whatever subject I'm on. And I think that's actually uh, been a big part of my success. Like looking back on my life, I never really thought about it. Like I wasn't conscious of that until, uh, recently. Um, but looking back now, I can see why I was able to pick up things and maybe make some like good connections and relationships because I, I always tried to stay humble as much as possible. Sometimes I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't perfect, <laughs> but, uh, but generally I felt like I, I was willing to learn. Yeah. And you have to be willing to learn, especially, going to all these different seminars and going to these, like you had mentioned, you, you started off in West Virginia, then you went to the Ring of Honor Dojo to learn. If you walked in there, and, and excuse my, my term here, but if you walked in there like your shit didn't stink, I'm not going to learn anything from here, but I'm just going to get my face here so people will say, oh, I, I he went to that seminar, or oh, I yeah, I remember you from that seminar. Well, and, yeah, there, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, there, and there's multiple people that, unfortunately, and I'm not calling anybody out, but there's a lot of people that do that just to get their, their face seen. They're not there to actually learn anything. They just want to say, oh, well, I've been to seminars here. I've been to seminars here. Or they finish that seminar. Like, hey, um, like, let me know if you ever need anybody. It's like, okay, um, we're, we're pretty well booked, but thanks. Like, And that's the main reason why they're there. And they walk out of there with no additional knowledge whatsoever. Other than yeah. trying to get that foot in the door, yeah, there was there was a misconception, uh, and you would see the realization hit people's faces about two hours into the uh, seminars because they they would really believe like these ROH camps were like, oh, I'm just going to go, I'm going to get in there and get signed. Like this is what it's all about getting signed, but that wasn't the culture, at least for the first like six uh, of those that I went to. I think there had been two prior to me, 
that was never the intent. Like, obviously they're always looking right. Like you're never going to, it's never going to be like, they're not going to be like, Oh, this is, this camp's not where we sign people. So even though you're the best in the world, we can't sign you. Sorry. Uh, that's not how it worked. Of course, people got signed out of those camps all the time, but it, it was really a culture of like learning, like of coming together and, and being open to feedback. And you could tell about two hours in, like, like who was there to learn and to get better and to take it to the next level and who was there because they thought it was a step in the, you know, a step to getting signed. Like I just need to get in front of them and it, it's over, which I mean, everybody wants to get signed. Like if you weren't going there to try to impress, then, you know, you're probably an idiot, <laughs> but, uh, but really the end of the day, you're going to, to better your craft and people would like, you know, shit on those things. Like I remember hearing a lot of local guys, especially when I first did it and I was younger, it'd be like, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, paying other, you know, you've already been trained. You shouldn't be paying for seminars and stuff, but you know what? It's a business and you invest in your business, right? Like, yeah. like if, let's say you're, you know, you're a businessman you're going in you're consulting for these people. Like, are you going to dress, you know, nicely? Are you going to invest in good clothes? Are you going to go to, um, you know, like for coding, like we go to, we, our company pays, uh, most companies will pay for you to go to these conferences. Yeah. I already know how to code, but there's probably someone that knows how to code better than me. Right. So like, why would I not apply that kind of mindset to wrestling? Like if I'm treating it like a business, like you say, um, so I had like a lot of people who were a little bit older than me at the time who kind of just shit on me for it and, uh, never really bothered me because, uh, I had good mentors like brutal Bob was really good to me and he, he kind of put me on the right path. And he was a guy that earlier in his career, he was on the wrong path and he was bitter and he felt a certain way about, uh, about different places and he turned it around and made it made almost like a renaissance for himself so uh i i followed his example and i just never let it bother me but yeah i, I would hear that all the time you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna get signed it's like eh, maybe, maybe yeah probably I mean, not but that, <laughs> maybe that's not the ultimate goal like yes yeah. that that'd be a plus but if you're walking in there like oh i'm i'm gonna walk in there they're literally gonna look at me and be like oh that's a star that's yeah. a star right there like no there's always something to improve on yeah, like you yeah. always want to be open to, and especially in a business where there, there's no right way to do a wrist lock, there's multiple different ways that you can do any move whatsoever. There's no perfect yeah. way. It, it It's all character. How you do it is your character. And yeah. there's different footing there. there and the list goes on and on. But Yeah, it's, it's very arbitrary because it's yeah. art. Yeah. yeah, and it, the art is in the eye of the beholder, and even a question we premise on, on multiple different episodes and, and have even in conversations among friends. If you if I was to ask you what's the greatest wrestling match of all time, you're going to tell me something that's probably completely different from myself because we interpret art different ways. Yeah, for sure. So, like, I, I'm not going to ask you. Don't worry. I'm not going to put you on the spot, Dave. You're like, please don't do this to me again. But... <laughs> I already know. Insert rock match here. Yeah, I was like, it's definitely going to be a a match with The Rock, probably. More than likely. More than likely. It's probably going to be WrestleMania 17, Rock versus Austin. Fuck you. (laughs) Dead on, right? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) You're beat red right now, so I know I'm right. I know. That's why I'm not disagreeing with you. (laughs) Well, the promo leading up to that kind of just sold the match in itself. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. No, because you're going to get lost in nostalgia right now. Yep. All right. So... (laughs) No, but I, like I, I completely agree with like all this. It's there's stuff that I've heard where if you're not looking to get better, you're 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 just failing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, you've accepted. Well, I, I wouldn't say failure. You you've accepted mediocre, mediocrity. Mediocrity. 
speech impediment, my friend, but mediocrity. You've accepted being average and you've accepted, you've pretty much just looked at where you're at in life and you said, I don't want to make myself better. I'm completely content with where I'm at. And if that's the mentality you have, you shouldn't be paying money to go into a seminar and anyone that says, well, you shouldn't have to pay money. It's like, well, why shouldn't I? I want to, I want to make more money. So if I have to pay money to make more money, to learn it a different way that might be better for my character. Yes, I'm going to pay money to get in the door. Why yeah, those seminars you? paid off for me tremendously. You know, whether it got me opportunities at WWE where they, you know, pay decently well for for your time whenever they use you um, as extra, or if it's just because I got better, I got over, and then I sold more merch because I learned the skills there. Uh, I made my money back probably six times over. So I, I, it never bothered me. So you mentioned something, for, and we're going to have to hit on this. No, just hit on it now. Shut up, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is how every episode goes. Talk, Strap in, folks. <laughs> talk about those, those times that you got called in for WWE. Extra work. Oh, man, the first time was uh, was rough. I was It was my 21st birthday, and I was super excited. Didn't know what to do. Didn't know a single soul there. And uh, was just lost and kind of just, you know, given shit by everyone there, including Mark Carano, uh, who was very, (laughs) very, uh, very mean, uh, wasn't very nice. Uh, I don't know. It was a weird experience, very uncomfortable and definitely felt like I didn't belong there, (laughs) to be honest. And I remember (laughs) uh, we worked, uh, you know, trial matches before SmackDown and I ended up messing up something. And just felt like a I I literally felt like I should never wrestle again. And funny enough, the guy I wrestled with, you know, I, he was I think he was fairly certain I was an idiot. Uh, ended up running into him like a year later at a Ring of Honor seminar, and I had gotten tenfold better. And we we actually wrestled at the seminar and had a kick ass match. And it was like, oh, dude, cool. Like, and now I I actually still talk to that guy. Um, he was a uh, best man in one of my other friends' weddings, and got to see him a little bit ago. So it's kind of cool. I made a lifelong friend there, but I, I got called for that uh, for extra work like six times. And every time I got progressively better. And I feel like the last two to three times I went, like I felt like I belonged. Um, obviously they didn't agree cause they didn't sign me. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I've, I've held my own. I got a lot of really uh, good feedback and some compliments from people who I really respect. And, uh, and a lot of the peers that I've looked up to and some of them were people I looked up to as a kid. Um, so I, I'm not going to sit here and put myself over for 10 more minutes talking about who said what or anything like that. But Well, this episode this, has yeah, this no is expiration, your, so this go. Is, yeah, this, <laughs> is your, this is your episode. Go for no, it. All that put matters yourself to me, over. Here, well, here is the cool thing. Um, like, you, you know, you, you see these people who you consider to be some of the best of all time. And whenever they have positive things to say to you about your craft and about the craft that they love and that they've given their life for and that you're, you know, you're trying to grind through and they give you that positive feedback and those compliments. um, It's so validating and it's such a confidence booster that that's that like, I will never say like, Oh man, I wish I would have never, uh, wrestled or I, I would never regret wrestling now uh not that i would have before but i would never be bitter towards it because of those kind of moments like sure i'm not on the roster right i'm not at wrestlemania but 
how cool is that that I have that personal validation from someone that I respect more than almost anyone else in the business? I mean, that that to me, like those are the moments that seven year old me, 16 year old me uh, would have just marked out for. So pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I can, I can only say pause. I mean, the first time I went to WWE, I did not have a great time uh, because I felt very awkward and I was 21 and I didn't know what was going on. Uh, the other times, all positive pretty much. Um, and just some of the best best uh, memories I'll probably have in my lifetime. Nice. So w- what kind of challenges did you find, not necessarily at the at the tryouts for, for WWE Extra Work or anything like that, but... You go through training. It's time to go out on your own. Yes, your uh, your trainer did help you with some bookings, but what kind of challenges did you find kind of stepping out into your own element and trying to find yourself in this world of individuals that I, I could only assume probably looked at you and said, hey, who's this, who's this little guy? He doesn't belong here. Yeah, I mean... That was one of the uh, biggest things is like they get hit up probably by hundreds of wrestlers, maybe even thousands, depending on how big the promotion is. So like, how do you stand out from the rest? So I would try to treat it like I think that was like the biggest thing is like, how do you stand out? Right. So I was always kind of weird and would treat it like a job. And I would kind of send not like like a pseudo resume uh, with like a portfolio of matches and promos. And maybe I would cut like a 30 to 60 second promo of my, like, well, how would I debut? Like I would already have myself ideas. Right. And I would watch the product that they were putting out and I would try to see how I, I fit in there. And I actually tried really hard not to put myself like not try to get booked to places that I couldn't see myself working. If that makes sense. Like if, if yeah. I didn't feel like the, the product had needed something new at the time, or if I didn't feel like I was a fit, I, I, I wouldn't ask for bookings there. So um, while I really wanted to work everywhere I possibly could, I also tried to like pick and choose my spots. Um, and yeah, and that, that was probably the hardest part. And like you said, you know, like, Oh, who's this kid? But the cool thing was, is like those ring of honor seminars. That isn't just me getting to go in front of like a bunch of people who are at ring of honor and them giving me feedback and helping me out. But it's also, there's 40 other guys there, right? Yeah. Those 40 guys can get me booked at their places. And that's where a lot of my bookings came from. I started working, you know, uh, towards this, uh, Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York. I started working more in a high. So you meet these people from all these places and they're like, Hey man, like you were dope. Uh, I got a home promotion and I did the same. I tried to do the same thing with, you know, whether it be RWA or IWC and try to bring in people. So it, it was kind of like a, a networking. Uh, opportunity like that so that's how i kind of overcame you know you know starving for bookings to to really working quite quite a bit yeah and you definitely had a successful run and yes unfortunately we're kind of dating ourselves here and it is unfortunate that there was this brief hiatus so (laughs) that's going to do it for part one of our jimmy nuts episode but Obviously, part two is coming very, very soon, and I can't even begin to explain how much. I I mean, that was just a small sample of what we have in store, and the episode, uh, unfortunately, had to be cut down even more than that. So you just have to wait until we drop part two. It could be next week. It could be a month from now, but it's more than likely going to be next week. So kind of picking 
back up where we left off. Like we mentioned at the beginning, I really don't know what WWE is truly thinking. I don't either, dude. Like, just with the draft, obviously, like, everyone has uh, been wondering where their superstars are going to fall. And my question is, you have Crown Jewel coming up in a few weeks, and to say that they're literally just stretching for anything. You've got Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury. Do do you think I'm, like, that's drawing me in? Like, oh, my God, I got to see I got to see Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury. Like, no. Kane Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar? Absolutely. But, but of course, it's it's fucking crown jewel on a goddamn Thursday in the middle of the day. Yep. And it's Kane Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar, and I'd rather see them in a cage with very lightweight gloves on, and I want to see them beat the living shit out of each other, not wrestle. I want to see them fight. That's what I want to see. I want to see that rematch. That's what I truly want to see. And I don't see them putting a title on Cain Velasquez either. Not not yet, at least. No, it, it's probably going to end in like a freaking DQ. But with, with this whole, uh, like, the whole Fiend thing. So oh, the don't, Fiend don't is... Don't even get me Hold on. on. The Fiend is on SmackDown. Seth Rollins is on Raw. He got drafted last night to Raw. Ooh, wow. Big shock there. Shocker. Shocker. He's only the Raw Universal Champion, but let's put him on SmackDown with a red championship. Hey, we'll just change the strap to blue. No. Like, that's not going to fucking happen. Come on. So he's on Raw. Bray's on SmackDown. You have a false count anywhere match at at uh, Crown Jewel. And a no, what false count anywhere for the universal championship? What what do you expect him to walk out of there with the championship? Do you think they're going to give Saudi Arabia that kind of a win? No, of course not. No, it's they're literally leading up to nothing, unless at what is it Survivor Series is the next one. Right? An, yeah. I, I haven't heard anything for Survivor Series though. They have no because no they're trying. No, because they're trying to get. You got to get to Crown Jewel first. But uh, and then once you cares. get that, you're only going to have a two week build up to Survivor Series. That's the problem. That and was the, the same problem last and year. The, remember? And of course, you have a, essentially a Survivor Series style match at Crown Jewel. Well, and more importantly than that, like you remember last year, they had Crown Jewel. They had like Evolution like a week later, and then they had the Survivor Series. And what happened last year? Becky Lynch got her face knocked off by uh, Nia Jax. Nia Jax, yeah. yeah. Like, there, there's no build-up. Uh, they're not building for anything. Like, if they want to get us pumped, like, uh, you have Team Flair versus Team Hogan at Crown Jewel. You don't know who the two other people on Team Seth Rollins are. You don't know who the other person on uh, Team Randy Orton is going to be. I think there's, like, one spot left to be filled. And... What is going on with this fucking Lana and Bobby Lashley God, bullshit? Just Move I'm on. Ar- I'm already over it. Like, why do they have to degrade like the men in their relationship so bad? Like, I just don't get it. Like, Mike Kanellis finally just asked for his release. He's like, you know what? Thank Fuck God. you. Peace out. Good for you, Mike Kanellis. I know. I like. I completely agree. Go back to I'm Ring only, of Honor. I'm only wrestling one day a week. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Like, not he, worth it. No. Like, he, he wrestles. Then when he comes out, he's being told that his kid is not his. Like, you have his wife continuously having to say that it's, like, this person's, it's this person's, it's this person's. But they actually were having, like, the storyline sort of go somewhere, and then all of a sudden it just died. Like, all of a sudden it hasn't been anywhere for, like, two, three weeks. No. And 
they don't do anything with Mike Kanellis. They threw him over on 205 Live. He had a couple great matches. He had this storyline building up with, with Drake Maverick. They had a great match, too. One week and done, you give the match victory to to Drake Maverick, and then it's just over with. So that whole buildup was for nothing. Then Mike Canales is back off of TV, and now he, he's asking for his release. Can you really fucking blame the guy? No, not at all. No, get the fuck out of there while you can. And then he, here's someone that really needs to just go in and say, you know what? I want out. And that's he, he goes by the name Cesaro, but I'm talking about Claudio. Yes, he needs. Claudio to needs to just go in there and be like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm out. Like, just let me let me go. God, Cody would pick him up in a heartbeat. Oh, God, anyone would. God, are you and kidding that, me? And he would get over he, so he would be hard. The, he'd be the hard. He's already over. Yeah, I know. But it's even, not like he would need to get over. Like, he, no, but it's like, but now it's like he comes out. It's like I don't. All of a sudden, he's in this like. He, he's not even he's in like, like a gear. He's not even in like gear. No, he just comes. I, I don't know I don't what they're get doing. It. I don't get his character. Is he just there now to help put other people over? I think so. But if there was one thing last night that I have kind of liked about the draft is the wrestling matches that follow because they, they've really given these other individuals that, no offense, you're never going to see on fucking TV again. Nope. Let's face it. You're not going to see them Let, on TV let's again. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. They're not going to be on TV again. And the match of the night last night, was Buddy Murphy versus Cedric, Cedric Alexander. Alexander. Yeah. Match of the fucking night. Put on a fucking clinic. The crowd was loving it, and they're not going to be on TV again. Probably not. No, you're never going to see them. Barely ever, if at all. And, yeah, it, they they put on an absolute clinic. They're beating the shit out of each other. They're actually hitting each other. They both like it because they, they're comfortable with each other, yeah. and they, they had fantastic matches in 205 Live, but guess what? They never gave him the platform in 205 Live either. And let's be honest, they're already just about killing 205 Live. It's pretty much dead. No, it is dead. It absolutely is dead. You're going to tell me that they're going to continue with 205 Live? No. It, Leo Rush won the NXT Cruiserweight Championship last week. Yes, I didn't stutter. I didn't mess anything up. They literally put on their NXT Cruiserweight Champion. So the Cruiserweight they did, Championship. They did fold it in, didn't they? They did. It, it, it's not the WWE Cruiserweight Championship anymore. It's the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Now, the Cruiserweights are going to NXT, which I think is great. Honestly, Don't, it's probably better because at least that crowd will appreciate it. Oh, yeah. The the crowd there are diehard fans that love the luchador high-flying styles, and you're really not seeing that on regular TV. No, honestly, and, they're almost the same crowd that's going to NWA. Yeah, and you have the same people that are just as fed up, uh, that want to watch that type of wrestling and are fed up with seeing fucking Baron Corbin versus Shorty Gable. And the fact that they actually build it as Shorty, Shorty Gable. Gable. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm short. Thanks. <laughs> like, fucking move. There's what an, are you There's doing? another one, man. It, 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 there's a lot of shit. But AEW is doing fantastic things. I, I'm excited to see the storyline. One area that... It seems like a lot of people that we, we definitely have to touch on. Um, a lot of people are shitting on their women's division. A lot of people. And I just don't think that they've had the right... I mean, they've only had two shows. 
Like, oh, they're women's division shit. Okay, yeah, but cool. Two, you, sh- two shows, only two matches. Yeah, two shows, two matches, that's it. But the the two matches that they've had, the the first match, you, you know what? It it wasn't it, it wasn't a barn burner. It wasn't. No. It wasn't that great. I, I, I'd hate to disappoint anyone that disagrees, but it, it really wasn't that great. It, it wasn't eye-popping. It, it wasn't, holy shit, this is the greatest women's match I've ever seen. No. It was just a match. That's it. Really nothing special. Then the following week, you had the 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 tag team match. That was pretty good. It wasn't anything stellar or like mind-blowing. I'm excited to see this feud continue between uh uh Priestley and and Baker but first Baker That's it. but first Baker's got a title shot. Yeah. But what's going to go from there? Honestly, I th- we, we still haven't seen Allie. Allie hasn't appeared at all. True. Um you haven't seen Brandy in the ring at all. True. You haven't seen Kong there's a lot of people that you still haven't seen, but yeah, you're still yeah they're still trying to get their footing with a lot of other things, and there were definitely a lot of other storylines and this and that that they've been working on, and they also have what they just started their tag team tournament yeah. last week. So Which, you got that thrown private in private party versus Young Bucks. Holy shit, was that a great match? Yeah, a fantastic match. If that is a onset of what's to come, I'm excited for this tag team tournament. I don't want it to end, but. It, obviously, it does have to come to an end at some Someone's point. Someone's got to win the title. Yeah, but I, I, kudos to to the Young Bucks, obviously, being one thing. Sidetrack, side note. So, do you Whoa. see that promo that uh, Triple H cut in NXT like sh- like the week before uh, AEW debuted? I think I missed that one. Uh, he comes out, and he literally says, like, why do you have to put a, a executive vice president or president in front of your name to make yourself feel special granted triple h walks down to the ring as the coo triple h like <laughs> what a are you fucking kidding me like what an absolute contradiction shut the fuck up you come out as the coo of WWE, Triple H, and you're going to preach that I don't have to put executive vice president in front of my name to make myself feel special or better about myself. No, I guess you just have to put COO, whatever. But <laughs> from there, I, there, there is a lot of controversy going on with the women's division in AEW because I think a lot of people are questioning it ever since Kylie Ray quit. She she didn't want to do it. She She quit. She wanted to do other things. Maybe she didn't want to travel. Maybe she thought that it was just going to be like a, a studio show of some kind, something along those lines, and she just didn't want to do it. I don't know. But you can't fault her for it. No. But Maybe she'll come back. It, she's got plenty of time to do it. Yeah. I, they just got up and going. Yeah. They, they only had two shows. Yeah, like, and they and I'm kind, of a, I'm kind of bummed that they've announced a bunch of other shows and they st- still nothing still, for Cleveland. Nothing. Not a thing. Maybe after the first of the year. Because I think they've only announced through just about the end of the year. But they've come everywhere around us. I know. Literally, like passing through us a it's couple like, of what times. What did we do? Well, yeah, what, like, maybe it's just the venue. I, I think it's because Raw is going to be here next week, which obviously we're not, not going. going to. I, I, I would love to go just to see the Viking Raiders come out as the tag team champions yeah, in in Cleveland. That'd be great. I'd love to see Vic Joseph come out 
and, and give him a hell of a cheer and a hell of applause. Cleveland boy, the new face of uh, Monday Night Raw, fantastic. But that'd be about it. Yeah. And, and go figure, they're, they're pushing again this dark match between Seth Rollins and The Fiend. Okay, cool. Why? We get it. It's a dark match. I understand it's a dark match, but... But you're having Seth Rollins squash The Fiend in a dark match. All these little kids are there that you want to build up this perception that he's unbeatable, and then here's Seth Rollins kicking the ever-loving shit out of him? Like, come it's, on. It's all right. After last night's uh, Firefly Funhouse, I'm That very, was bullshit. I'm very curious to see what, how this all turns. It's, Especially, are they killing it because because Bray's now going to SmackDown, so now The Fiend goes with him? Or is this going to be something where Bray Wyatt's there, but The Fiend is still haunting wherever the fuck he wants? Or our other one, I, the, I the now three-time. 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 Ring of Honor Women's Women. Champion, Kelly Klein. Kelly Klein. Kelly Klein comes out with the victory once again. And Angelina Love came out with a very heartfelt yet uh, Angelina Love style tweet afterwards. <laughs> I I can't blame her. Like, it, why? Like, why? Looks don't matter. Looks don't. Oh, you're just a pretty girl. Yeah, she's a pretty girl putting on fantastic matches, and she's a hell of a wrestler, and she's a hell of a character. Shut the fuck up and just enjoy. And it goes back to that previous statement of ours. Why? Because you pay a ticket. Do you feel like you have the right to say anything you want? Shut the fuck up and sit seriously, down and watch and, wrestling. Seriously, and it goes back to even even stuff Kelly's put out. Yeah. It's like cause people go after because people go after her because she's not like a fucking twig. You know what? Yeah. Get in the fucking ring with her and then say she's a she twig. Posts, she is gonna, she's she posted fuck. that earlier today too. I like know, someone called because her. Because again, like people shut up. People shut the fuck up. Enjoy goddamn wrestling. Yes. Like they don't some need to bad be. ass women. No, it's just bad people ass that just, athletes, period. Just, yeah. Like, they just athletes. don't feel good about themselves, so they got to take it out on someone else. Like, oh, your stomach's too big. Fuck like, you. Fuck off. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Look down. Yeah, it, it's like people that watch like Biggest Loser. Like, oh, you only lost three pounds while you're scarfing down fucking pizza. You fucking loser. Like, I can't really talk any shit. Don't talk. I've, I, my wife and I have done that too. Yeah. So like, we used to guard our faces and watch The Biggest Loser. So, but we we Let's, never laughed at anyone's like shortcomings yeah. or anything like that. But like, yeah, no, I, I would watch TV. Like, I watch TV all the time. I don't care. It's like my only meal of the day. So, but, yeah, everybody, look in the mirror. Yeah. And just and just realize. There's shut, only one just race. Shut the, yeah, just shut the hell. Yeah, there's yeah. only one race. It is the human race. Like, love everybody. Like, stop being so goddamn negative in the world. But Seriously. That's going to do it for this week's episode. If, if you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to stop on back next week. You already know exactly what to expect. But... Thank you so much for tuning in. We are excited for next week's episode and the next week, actually. We got some big buildups here. We got a lot. Yeah. We got a lot on the table. We got a lot on our plates. We got a lot of exciting interviews to come. If there's anyone in particular you want to hear, all you have to do is just let us know. But we will see you next week.